Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 194 of the Motorcycle Men podcast and another interview episode for your listening pleasure. Hey, thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode and, of course, listening to all of the Motorcycle Men episodes. If you'd like to help the show out, you can go to our website at MotorcycleMen.us, and there you can click on that Donate button if you'd like to help us out with a singular PayPal donation. Another way you can help us out is go give us some feedback over on iTunes, and we look forward to reading your lovely words about how much you love the podcast and or how much you hate the podcast. Either way, it doesn't matter. All right, and you can also send us an email at motomenpc at gmail.com, or you can go to our contact page on the website and send us a note there. I read all of our email, and if I remember, I will comment during our next show. Now, you hear me talk about tobacco motorwear jeans a lot on this show, and I do not do that frivolously. I truly, honestly believe in the company and their products. I do wear a pair of tobacco motorwear jeans, and I have to tell you, I could not be happier with them. And any Motorcycle Men listener who has purchased a pair of these jeans from Tobacco Motorwear Every one of them will tell you the same thing. They are fantastic, and they love them. They're just a great product. Now, Dave and the crew over there, they make these riding jeans for men and for women. And not only do they perform well, but they also are the best-looking and most comfortable selvage jeans you will ever own or wear. These are Kevlar line jeans, and they work. Go over to their website, TobaccoMotorWear.com, and check out Dave being dragged behind a motorcycle wearing these jeans. All right, they do perform. These jeans are available in indigo and black. And I got to tell you, I've had my jeans for over a year now, and they look just as good as the day that I got them. And for further protection, you can also get that California riding shirt. It's available in copper, carbon, and moss colors. It, it's very comfortable. It's safe, and it looks absolutely stunning. And I wear the California riding shirt. Usually in the spring and in the uh, fall months, but I have worn it in the summer months. It is really, really comfortable. And I tell you what, I, I, I couldn't be happier with it. And again, it looks just as good as the day I got it. Um, also, you can also check out, they also have their new McCoy riding jacket. It's a, an attractive water-repellent waxed canvas jacket with armor. It has a flannel lining. It's got underarm vents and airflow sleeves. It's available in men and women's sizes, and it also comes in quite a few colors. Also new to the Tobacco Motorwork Company is brand new journeyman pants. Yeah, these are brand new. Uh, these are inspired by the work pants adopted by tradesmen and craftsmen. They have a rugged look, but they're extremely comfortable. That's the wash duck canvas. Feels really soft from day to day. And it just gets better the more you wear it. Just with all their products, the more you wear it, the better they feel. These pants are made to stand up to anything you can throw at them. And listen, as always, Tobacco Motorwear is made here in the USA, right? So you go to Tobacco Motorwear and uh, check out all their products that they have for men and women, riding jeans, shirts, jackets, graphic tees, and accessories. There is a special link just for Motorcycle Men listeners who want to order from Tobacco Motorwear in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website on the homepage. Or you can give them a call at 747 666 Five seven four one, and you tell Dave and the crew over there that the motorcycle men sent you, and make sure you use that coupon code MOTOMEN when ordering. All right. 
The Motorcycle Man podcast is supporting David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. The foundation was started by stage four cancer survivor David Calderell to help families who are struggling through the personal, emotional, physical, mental, and financial struggles of cancer. If you'd like to help out and be part of something that actually makes a difference, donate today to David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. So you can go to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate. And the links are in also in the show notes. Now, ordinarily, when I have a guest, I give a little insight before the interview to prepare you for what is coming. Uh, just sort of a little like a little teaser to get you ready. But I'm not going to do that this time. Instead, I will let my guest tell you his extremely inspirational story. Good evening, everyone. This is the Motorcycle Man Podcast. And joining me tonight, all the way from, where are you from again? Fort Lee, New Jersey. Fort Lee, New Jersey. Mr. Gene LaCastro. Gene, <laughs> welcome to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. How you doing? Thank you for having me. Appreciate I it. appreciate you being here. Uh, you've got an extremely interesting story, one which I think would be very, extremely inspiring to a lot of people. So very briefly, why don't you tell us about yourself and uh, your motorcycle self? Okay. Uh, my name is Gene LaCastro. I live in Fort Lee. Um, been an avid motorcycle uh, fan since I was a kid. I uh, grew up on KX80s up in New Hampshire. and uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. And I fell in love. My father had an old Indian antique motorcycle. I fell in love with, uh, you know, vintage bikes. And uh, lo and behold, I had a little 48 last year. And now I'm upgraded to a beautiful 2019 Street Bob. Nice. Yeah, how do you like yeah. the Street Bob? I love it. I love it. I did some nice little work to it. I had some Vance and Hines on it. I got a heavy breather. I have... Uh, Front controls instead of mids, which a lot of guys, you know, I'm a short guy, but uh, I like the, I like the forwards, man. They're, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good feeling. It's a good kit, and uh, I like the, I like the overall experience. It's a great bike. Oh, uh, what color is it? Billiard blue. Billiard blue. <laughs> but I have it blacked out. And uh, did you? Oh, I, really? So it's, yeah, it's black it's, and blue. It looks really oh, nice. Oh. Black Sissy bar. It's uh. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it's black already, but it's it's a mean looking bike. It's gorgeous. Now, as good. as I understand it, the, you had the forty eight. Yep. And for, the forty eight special, even. Yes. Now, yeah, for, little, I, uh, I had the, I had the chance to ride a forty eight special down in Myrtle Beach. That bike is awesome. It is a good bike. You it's know, a, <laughs> good little Evo, a little twelve hundred. I mean, as they're nice, but I, the good the good thing now it's like even like. The street bob is a little bit bigger. I don't have to worry about gas, like I said. I don't have to look at the gas gauge and, you know, I don't have to, like, estimate if I'm going to run out of gas or not. <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm going to run with the guys. Be like, okay, I got a sporty. He's all the way back there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did like it a lot. And, uh, you know, it is a nice little bike. But, you know, it's time to treat myself to this a little bit better. Now, as, I, as you told me earlier, is that uh, our friend Justin here on the show was mm-hmm. the guy who uh, did the whole swap thing with the 48 right into the, uh, the, the street bob. Yeah, I did something called the Freedom Promise, and uh, Justin basically twisted my, you know what, to come in there in November when it's quiet and do the upgrade. <laughs> just to, you know, he's like, hey, you have nothing better to do? He's like, oh, I got that billiard blue bike you like. And then he just uh, teased me with it, and I, I did the uh, swap out, and uh, lo and behold, I have 1,000 miles on it right now, and it's actually in the uh, dealership right now. Uh, really? That's awesome. And you got, and he gave you the same price for the bike, for the 48, when that you bought it from, right? Yeah, the Freedom Yeah, the freedom Promises, you trade in any Sportster or any other type, I think, I don't know, Sportster or something equivalent, 
and you get back the price that you paid for it, you know, with uh, the new, uh, say, whatever you wanted. You get a street bob or, yeah. you know, anything. So it's, it's, pretty good, it's a pretty good, uh, you know, deal they offer and incentive to get something a little bit nicer if you wanted to, you know, uh, upgrade eventually. So I plan on doing some nice little road trips this year. I'm planning to go down to Nashville, Tennessee with a couple of guys. Oh, and, really? Uh, over the summer, yeah. Do a little run down there. It's about 12 hours. So Sounds like a nice looking ride. Forward, yeah, looking forward to doing that, man. So. so now this interesting story that you have, why don't you briefly yeah. tell us about what happened to you? Okay. Um, I'd say about let's see, 2014, I was diagnosed with a disease called pulmonary fibrosis, which affects your lungs and your breathing capacity. Um, I... <clears throat> You know, I, I went to a, a ENT doctor, and they, they uh, you know, I thought it was acid reflux, um, but it wasn't. I went to a pulmonologist and found scoring on my lungs. And uh, from there, I just pretty much went downhill, and uh, disease affects uh, about 150,000 people a year, and a lot of people don't know about it. When really? people think of fibrosis, they think of cystic fibrosis right. or other types of things like that. But there's so many idiopathic fibrosis disease that affect the lungs that, you know, they're all only these all these different umbrellas, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's it's pretty tough. So the first indication that you had this was just you were just coughing a lot, right? I was coughing a lot. My wife noticed it, and uh, she kept on getting on top of me for at least I guess it, was, well, it had to been six months to like a year. I like this little <clears throat> just coughing like that, and you know, you're you're there, you're healthy, you're not really thinking about it, right? Yeah. You're just saying, you know, maybe it's a tick, or it's like, you know, I feel fine. But then over time, my breathing got, you know, a little bit more shortness of breath and shortness of breath. And next thing you know, that's when I, you know, I went to the ENT. And they're like, no, you have to go to the pulmonologist. And that's when they found scarring on my lungs. And then I started going to Mount Sinai for treatment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't really satisfied with the treatment in Mount Sinai, even though it's a great hospital. And then I, I got transferred over to Columbia. And that's when uh, the progression really hit. Oh, Wow. Now, yeah. you said this affects a lot of people each year. Uh, yes. Most people, when they think pulmonary, they, they think there's something wrong with the heart. Yeah. Now, did you go that way? A little bit. I mean, I, you know, it's I had so much stuff done. It's like such a blur, and, and you know, it's such a short time frame that I had so many tests and so many different things happening at once. You know, I did go into cardiac arrest. Um, <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, it's like, for me, I was a, like I said, I was a healthy guy. Um, I, you know, my heart gave out. I had to go on a machine called an ECMO machine, which basically acted as a respirator for me. Incredible machine that saved my life. Wow. Um, you know, I remember just being in the hospital and, uh, one of the doctors come to me, right, to put you on ECMO and they're like, don't worry, it's a good thing because it will save your life. And, you know, you don't, you don't know how to react at that point. Yeah. So then you read about it, you start Googling, you start, and then you start to, your mind starts to like carry it to other places and like, you know, but I didn't let myself get there, you know, I stayed positive and uh, yeah. I got through it. Well, speaking of that, you know, the months that followed your diagnosis when you were put in the hospital, that was very tough for you and your family. Yes. So how did you occupy your mind and stay focused and positive during that period? Yeah, it was hard because I was pretty much, I was doped out a lot, to be honest, you know, I mean, but I did meditate a lot. I meditated um, my daughter, my wife, my friends, my network kept me very positive and, you know, they I had tons and tons of visitors every day. I did a lot of, you know, listening to music and that kept me like nice and relaxed uh, because you can start to stray when you're in bed 24 hours in the same position, you know? Yeah. Now, um, uh, during this uh, entire period, well, all this waiting that you were doing while you were waiting for uh, donor lungs, 
Uh, how much thinking about riding a motorcycle did you do? Oh, you know, I, I, look, that takes me to a happy place. Yeah. You know, riding is, I think, like they say, that you get endorphins and it, it relieves, like I think, about 80% of your, you know, anxiety or, you know, it, it gives you, like, euphoria, you know, when you ride. It yeah. reduces stress, actually. It did does. You, did you watch a lot of YouTube watch. videos of motorcycling and stuff like that? I mean, I got, I got Iron Horse Magazine, Chopper. I was reading magazines nonstop. And I did what, you know, sometimes, you know, I got depressed. I didn't want to be bothered with TV. I didn't want to look at anything. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I, uh, I kept myself busy mentally. That was, that was the hardest part. That's great. And I, I imagine that from this, uh, you, you developed a, a great relationship with many of the people that you had to deal with every day. It's sort of your support system. Sure, sure. I, um, I met so many great people. Like, I mean... I consider them, you know, my second family, basically, Columbia Presbyterian. I mean, I met this really cool guy. His name is Joel. Um, he's a chaplain there, and we just connected right off the bat. Because some people are really religious. They want right. to talk to a priest. That wasn't me. I'm more of the spiritual meditation, relaxed, you know. Hey, that's my thing, you know. So we hooked up. We talked about baseball right off the bat. Talked about everything, everything in general. And he was a great support for me there. And, uh he really helped me out a lot as long as with a lot of staff from the because there for four months before relationships. Yeah. You, know, you really do. And you, uh, these people family. there was uh, two interviews, one when you had done with Fox five and one with CNN and you had developed this, uh, board that to help people out. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Joel and, uh, the chaplain and, uh, one of the doctors, Dr. Uh, Brody, um, incredible guy. He's one of the head people at Columbia. Um, they developed what's called a spiritual board. Right. And a spiritual board is basically when people are incapacitated and they can't speak or they have a trach in them. This board helps them, you know, reflect and helps them communicate how they're feeling with the doctors and nurses and people and staff. So the board could say, uh, how do you feel today? It's a picture of being sad, lonely, happy, uh, angry, you know, I mean, uh, depressed, uh, you know, all these different, like, symbols of how you felt, and it helped me communicate how I felt instead of getting, you know, really upset and using my hands and trying to talk when I couldn't because yeah. it's hard for people to communicate. Yeah. So it's a simple, ingenious idea that I don't know why I was never thought of before, and now they're getting bored to other hospitals in the Midwest or other, other hospitals that, you know, don't have this type of, uh, you know, uh, thing that's happening with them. How often was the angry column circled? Uh, you know what, man, to be honest, not a lot, Yeah. not a lot, only because you know what I, I was, I knew my, I knew where I was in my place, you yeah. know, at that time, my mindset, why well, get angry over something I can't control? This is true. Mostly, you know? I, I imagine frustration was probably the number one thing. You frustration. Felt. Yeah. No, I, yeah. A lot of frustration and patience, waiting, waiting, waiting for lungs to come, you know, waiting and just waiting and you know, they're not coming and then they come and they're no good. And then, you know. Yeah, well, tell us about that. Now, you're here you are waiting. So from start to finish, you've been diagnosed. It's been about a year now. Yeah. And now the opportunities come. Now you're waiting for lungs. And tell us about that whole process. Um, well, it's called dry run. And lungs could come through the hospital, but they have to check the lungs before they go into somebody's body. You know, right. uh, it's... Um, they, I had three dry runs, meaning that they came, they were no good, and uh, the fourth were the best. And when they put them, in, that's when I got transplanted, December of 2016. Wow! Wow! What was your 
<laughs> what was your reaction and your family's reaction when you first learned that now you have lungs that will work? Oh, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I, that day when I said that they're good to go and I had to go into the uh, OR, um, you know, they came on my daughter's birthday on December 4th. Uh, nice. So Perfect. just to have that alone is like, you know, a blessing in disguise, man. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a miracle I'm here, to be honest. I mean, you know, transplants are really tough and there's a lot of rejection involved. Sure. And people go through transplants and they, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, difficult because sometimes people don't make it. I've lost some people in there. Oh. Um, you know, that had been transplanted that I knew through, you know, going back and doing volunteer work that right. I went back two weeks later and then they're gone. Ugh. You know, it happens. It happens. Now, so now you've you've got the lungs. How long was yep. the operation? Uh, I can't even ask my wife that. I don't even know how long it was. Do you know how long? The operation itself. Yeah. Hours. It was hours, probably like seven hours or so. Okay. It's a long ordeal. It's a long I mean, <laughs> I, they open me up like a sardine can, basically, and I have scars all the way through here. But the way uh, they open it, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, you know, I was like uh, one of the best uh, surgeons in the U.S. Uh, uh, it's incredible. It's just a, it's a phenomenal hospital. So it was a longer deal. Now the post-surgery, now you have to go through rehabilitation. Now, Correct. That was a long process as well, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got out in January of... At the end of January, I started rehab right away. I could hardly walk when I got out of the hospital. Yeah. I could hardly walk, but I was breathing at 100% oxygen. Oh, that's feeling, great. So you know, basically, it was just your strength wasn't there. You know? Yeah, the strength, because you got to understand, you go into, you know, when somebody's in bed, atrophy sets in, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I weighed like 118 pounds when I got out of the hospital. Ooh. Like a, I was like a stick figure. How much you did know? you weigh going in? Uh... Well, at that time, I started losing a lot of weight, so I was probably like 135, 130. Wow. And how tall are you? I'm 5'6". Now I'm like like 150, gaining muscle back. Good. I go to the gym everything. So So Um, finally, when when did you actually were were able to walk on on your own with no problem? Well, when I got out of the hospital, I was able to walk on my own, but not, you know, so quick like the pace I am now normally. Not not briskly. No, not no. yet. <laughs> no. So a lot of rehab, a lot of stretching, a lot of leg exercises. Yeah. Get to build up your lower body first, and then take it from there. And uh, you know, the upper body. You know, I knew the strength would come back. You know, I'm pretty strong and healthy for my size. So, so now, eventually come back. Once you found out that you had lungs that were coming to you that were going to work, did you start mm-hmm. making plans? Oh yeah, I mean, my wife yelled at me. I'm like, kept them. <laughs> she's gonna yell at me but i i basically um you know i, I knew i wanted to get a bike you know yeah. right away you know, soon so uh i'm like let me go do a refresher course at bergen harley do the rider rider program over there the beginner <laughs> program get my little certificate and slowly ease her into it you know the process <laughs> plant the seed in her head right then I, uh, and then i got my motorcycle license and the next thing you know is eh, you know what i want to go treat myself and uh she was really cool about it she's a little angry but you know she understood where i came from and uh She's like, you know, you've been through hell, and, uh, you, you know, you deserve it. So Yeah, absolutely. So start to finish, from beginning to end, how long was the whole ordeal? Uh, let's see. I'd say a good five years. Oh, five. my God, really? Yeah, the breathing, you know, got pretty bad. It was really, really bad, you know. it's. Uh, but now you're 100%, like right? 100%, man. I'm running around. I get a bit... I get a bit quarter to five every day 
I'm working full time. I've been working full time. I started working full time back in April when I got out of the hospital that year. Oh, that's great. So, you know, people are like, are you working yet? I'm like, I've been out of the hospital for over two years. Yeah, I'm working, you know? Yeah. I think, that, think about it. It's a mind thing. I, I'm normal just like you or anybody else, but I'm on a lot of medicine and I'm on a lot of prednisone. I'm on a lot of other stuff, but, you know, in hindsight, uh, I'm you're, just as healthy, as, you know, and mentally too. So. Yeah, you're functioning. Now, how was the support from the motorcycle community during this? Oh, great, you know? I mean, I... Uh, They've been great. I've been meeting a lot of new friends, and uh, you know, I told them my story. They were asked about it, I heard or whatever, and uh, you know, talk about it. And uh, you know, I, I approached uh, Berg and Harley about doing something with Columbia Presbyterian, and they were more than happy to uh, you know accommodate. Right. So now we have the long run. So yep. why don't you tell us about that and what your role is in that? Yeah. Um, well, I. Uh, you know, when I got my bike, I was thinking of a way that, you know, another way that I want to give back to, you know, help people out right. and that people don't really know about or awareness, I could say, and uh, give back to the hospital in a way and uh, for saving my life, not only, you know, hundreds of, you know, maybe thousands of other people too, you know, right. and uh, so I approached uh, the director at Bergen, uh, Rich Groland, who uh, does a lot of events and coordination. And, you know, like, throughout the years, I mean, I know Harley's done stuff, Toys for Tots breast cancer awareness, warrior funds, you know, war, uh, wounded warriors, all this type of stuff. So I approached him with the idea. I told him my story, and then I got in, uh, I got in, um, you know, I talked to people at Columbia, and then we just hooked up, and we just came together, and we, uh, you know, spoke about what we want to do, and we came up with the idea of Lung Run. So now the Lung Run is going to be taking place on Saturday, April 27th, which is this Saturday coming up. Correct. Yep. Um, and tell, tell us about the ride. Okay, well, it's going to, first, I mean, I work at a, a seafood wholesaler called Gotham Seafood, and uh, I sell to really high-end restaurants in the city and all over the place, tri-state area, mm-hmm. and um, I came up, you know, I came up with the idea of doing the food fest based on the fact that I'm in that industry, and a lot of my restaurants would love to participate and support right. me as well as, you know, people in Gotham Seafood, so it's a bunch of restaurants. You know, Bond Street, which is downtown, to Japanese sushi place, incredible food, Lure Fish Bar, Bowery Meat Company, and uh, and uh, the Blue Ribbon Group, which uh, they do tons of great stuff, the Blue Ribbon guys. And, uh, you know, they're, they're more than happy to donate food for the food fest. So it's going to start at Bergen Harley, I think, at uh, 9 o'clock or 9.45's registration. Right. And then the run starts at, I think, 10 a.m. sharp, and then we finish up at Hudson Valley. And then food will be uh, served from probably twelve thirty one o'clock on to like at least four. That's really cool. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. I won't be around for that. I won't be able to. Had I known sooner, I could have made arrangements. But I just unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. But I encourage everyone to get out there for that. Now, this is the very first one that you're doing here. Now, do you, very first you, one. You're hoping to have more after this. I hope. I hope so because you know what the first the first time around is always like the first time. You don't know what's going to happen. How many people are going to show up? Who's going to come? Who can't? And then next time you'll be more prepared. You know, it'll be it'll be it'll be like you learn from experience, right? So yeah. hopefully the next time we do, I mean, you haven't done it. I think it's going to be a great turnout. But the next time I do it, you're going to learn from what you know needs to be done in a different way, maybe. And uh, yeah, I look forward to doing the second one. Why not? Yeah. You know, maybe for a different cause. Have you reached out to Fox or CNN about covering this? Um, no, I have not. To be honest, you know, but. Um, you know, I, I thought about it in the back of my head, but, I, I, you know, I just haven't done it. No, I haven't. 
Yeah, it might be worthwhile to do that and just try it out. So tell us, how can people learn more about what you went through and the, the disease itself? I mean, there's different ways, obviously. They can Google pulmonary fibrosis. We'll give you a breakdown of what that disease is. Yeah. And then you can go on Columbia's website, ColumbiaPresbyterian.org. And, uh, you know, you could, you know, give you all the information on different types of diseases and, you know, coping with it, what to do. Um, if you see somebody that's sick, that's starting to get sick and you notice, like, you know, uh, indications of somebody coughing, what, you know, I mean, these are things that, you know, indicate fibrosis, pulmonary fibrosis mm-hmm. and different things like that. Um, you know, there's different ways, again, like I said, I mean, it's getting awareness out there. There's so many different lung diseases that you don't know where to start, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's incredible, but I mean, if you go on the website or just Google it, I give you some you know, straight up information right there at the moment, you know, whenever you need to. Yeah. We'll put some stuff in the show notes. Now you had said, uh, uh offline that, uh, there's no, they don't really know where this comes from. They don't No. No, it could be it could be environmental. It could be genetic because I know people have it genetically. Yeah. Um, and some people, some cases are better than others. There's people that can live with pulmonary fibrosis and be, you know, be present and you know have breathing issues, but not as bad. I mean, I was so bad I couldn't walk from here to my door, which is like t- five feet away, you know, uh, without oxygen. I was on 18 liters at the hospital, you know, doing exercises and. People were like shocked that I, that I did that. One of my doctors called me Wolverine because it came back from the dead twice. Oh, wow. You know, so it's like, it's like, yeah, bolts are popping in here, but they're coming right out. They're like, what's wrong? This guy's strong. He's doing, he's doing incredible. And yeah, you uh, just can't give up. You got to push, right? You got to fight it, right? You know, That's that it. can be an inspiration to others and help out and show them that, look, man, you're in bed and I'm standing here and I'm actually a jog. It's like, you know, it's like incredible. That's you know, awesome. People are remarkable. That, you know, they're amazed. All right. How can people learn more about the long run? Um, again, it starts this Saturday, and they can learn uh, by going also on Columbia uh, Presbyterian dot org, and they can also make donations on that giving. There's a giving uh, website there. Okay. For giving. Um, so it's Columbia dot org, and uh, they I'll get all the information there about it and when it's going to start, what time, where it uh, where it begins at uh, Bergen Harley in Rochelle, New Jersey, and ends right. at Hudson Valley Harley. Of course, they can also go to, on Facebook, they can go check out Burger and Harley Davidson. They have it on their uh, Facebook page. They can learn more about it there. Any advice for those who might be seeking uh, uh, to get involved with something like this or help out? Um, Just take the initiative, you know? I mean, that's what I did. I mean, deep down inside, this is a way of me giving back and saying that I'm so grateful you know, for these for doctors and people and the support around it. And just, I know that Harley is such a great venue to jumpstart something like this. And they're so open to it. And it meant a lot to me, you know, and uh, it's just an incredible experience with the hospital and with them. And I want to raise as much money as I can. I, I you know, if anybody, you know, if I could do it, anybody could do it you know, with, uh, for any type of cause, you know, just take the initiative. You have to jumpstart yourself. You're going to have to want to make that first move, I think, you know. Yeah, you absolutely. You know, you can't just wait. You can't no. wait. You know, I, just, I had to do hey, it. Life, I, life is too short, right? It is, right? I mean, I can get hit by a car, you know? I, that's not saying I'm <laughs> well, God, let's, let's hope that never happens. <laughs> I went through enough enough crap where hopefully, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, but like I said, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely do it. Take, take, take life by the, you know what, and, uh, you know, grab it and go. 
All right, Gene. I want to thank you very much for being on the podcast with me and telling us your story. It's an Great. extreme, wonderful inspiration you are to so many people, and I really wish you a lot of luck with this in the future. Let's keep in touch because, you know, Justin's at Bergen Harley a lot, and guess where he is, and I'm sure we'll, I'll see you again at some point, all right? Do you ever do Saturday Saddle Up? No, I never have. Oh, you should. It's great. I will right, well, see. Justin has never mentioned that. Ah, there you uh, go. See, I have to. I have to smack him next time I see him. <laughs> all right, <Please>. all right. <laughs> Gene. Thank you very much for being on the podcast with me. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Take care, Ted. Thank you. Thank you for joining Gene and myself here on episode 194, where we talked about the disease he was struck with and his triumphant return to health and riding, of course, and about the upcoming lung run that's happening very soon. To learn more, you can go to links in the show notes, or you can also go to the Bergen Harley-Davidson Facebook page uh, to get involved in the upcoming lung run, which is happening on Saturday, April 27th. So I know it's kind of short notice, but... This is as soon as I could get uh, Gene in for the interview. Links will be in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website at MotorcycleMen.us. Okay? And don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, and vloggers, whose links you will also find on our links page. All of these media outlets and many more out there do great things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. And don't forget to get over to the Motorcycle Men YouTube page and check out all the videos we have up there, including the Ted Shed videos. There's more to come. And also coming up very shortly is uh, forget about Norman Reedus. We're going to have Ride with Ted. That's some new stuff coming up. All right, so from Tim Buck to Chris the Joker, Justin Shoes, and me, Ted Runway, your host. Thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Man Podcast, where we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids.